You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It is presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on TV or on YouTube, you can see the helmets and the game balls. If you really care about my journeyman career, you can just Google it. I got a bunch of different media gigs and a bunch of podcasts now that I absolutely love, including this one, the Fantasy Feast podcast, which is awesome. I don't know that there's that many podcasts with a former player on them, and I know there's not that many podcasts with the number one ranked fantasy analyst in the world over the last five years, and that is the great Joe Dolan from FantasyPoints.com. Check out Joe, please, on social media like I do, at FG underscore Dolan. And if you want the best fantasy information on the internet, go to FantasyPoints.com, use the code 23FEAST, so you get a little discount and they know that we sent you over there. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Gosh, all of them, I guess. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, not Snapchat. Yes, TikTok. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always go back and watch the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, or see the best of clips on YouTube or even on our social media at Ross Tucker Pod. All right, Joe, this is a big day because we're continuing our series going over the rookie rankings, primarily for best ball, because at DraftKings, we love best ball. Dude, I love best ball before I was even with DraftKings, way before, because during the season, I don't have the time to set everything, right? I need to, like, Mm -hmm. draft and forget it. So I love best ball. We got running backs to talk about, including, Joe, two guys drafted in the first 12 picks of the NFL draft and what that means for their fantasy value. Is it absolutely nuts when we look at B. John Robinson at seven, Joe? They took him seven overall, or I'm sorry, eight overall. He's wearing number seven. And with the Falcons run heavy offense, investing in the O-line, still have Ritter at quarterback. What would you do if somebody took B. John Robinson first overall in any draft? let alone a best ball draft? Um, well, first, um, Dynasty, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Um, the only other possibility I can see um, is in a super flex league, um, a, a team that's particularly loaded at the running back position and really needs a quarterback, maybe ops for Anthony Richardson uh, or, or Bryce Young instead. But Bijan Robinson's going to go first overall in 99% of Dynasty drafts. That is not... Um, very that is not up for debate where he goes in best ball redraft that's a little bit more up for debate I currently have him as my RB3 I have him as eight overall in in redraft fantasy football and I think you can make an argument for him as high as RB2 I think some would even consider him RB1 I still have Christian McCaffrey there but I was in a draft 
uh, for Sirius XM, where a gentleman took him at number two overall as the first running back off the board. So there is going to be a ton of hype on Bijan Robinson this year, and for good reason. A lot of folks, the um, the positional the positional value wonks, will look at the fact that the Atlanta Falcons were third in the NFL in rushing last year, and use that as a easy argument for why the Falcons shouldn't have drafted Bijan Robinson. And that makes perfect sense. They were third in the NFL in rushing with a fifth-round rookie in Tyler Algier last year. From a fantasy perspective, I have to look at the fact that you have this running back prospect who some say is above McCaffrey and Barkley, some say is a little below McCaffrey and Barkley, others say is right on the same tier as McCaffrey and Barkley coming out the last five or six years. And they're plopping him into an offense that was third in the NFL in rushing. Oh, and by the way, he's a big-time receiver for the position as well. Bijan Robinson is an easy first-round pick in redraft fantasy. Um, I've seen him fall to the second in a handful of early best ball draft, and I mean a handful. It's not going to be happening a whole lot as the summer moves on. Arthur Smith wants to run the football for better or worse. We don't know if Desmond Ritter's any good. They have no wide receivers outside of Drake London. This team is going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball to Bijan Robinson. He is a locked-in first-round pick. He is the locked-in 1-1 in Dynasty, and there's re- it's really hard to make an argument otherwise. Why is he going in the second round some best balls? I think people just being like, well, he's a rookie and, and oh, this team might not be very good. I don't care. They were third in the NFL in rushing last year. Bijan Robinson's going to plop in there and he's going to be electric in this offense. Argue positional value all you want. I'm just playing fantasy football. And that is what the numbers tell you. That is what Bijan Robinson's talent level tells you. I, I, I think he is a slam dunk RB1. Okay, speaking of explosive... Mm-hmm. Let's get to Jameer Gibbs because this is an interesting one where the Detroit Lions take the running back out of Alabama who transferred from Georgia Tech last year. Number 12 overall went higher than people thought he would go. Uh, maybe you could argue he went to a team that surprised people a little bit because they had Swift, they had David Montgomery, they've since traded Swift. Your thoughts on Jameer Gibbs, because there's not as much consensus around Gibbs as it relates to fantasy. Well, because the, uh, the this draft pick was very much criticized when it was made by the Detroit Lions. Um, obviously, again, positional value. Brad Holmes coming out after the draft. Oh, you know, we might have taken him above Bijan Robinson. This was a player we loved. Whether or not the draft pick was the right use of resources, we'll argue until we're blue in the face. What we do know is that apparently the Detroit Lions were not alone in valuing Jameer Gibbs as a high first rounder, first half of the first rounder. Talk of the Jets might do it, maybe the Patriots. Another team might be interested in trading up for him. And here's what I know about the Detroit Lions run game. First and foremost, this is a really good offensive line. This is an offensive line that um, had some injury issues, but still has a lot of talent along, along it. And we know Dan Campbell wants to run the ball. They went out and signed David Montgomery to a three-year pact, which is a good commitment to a running back in this day and age. And then they used the 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs, which is a huge commitment to a running back in any day and age, a high first-round pick on that position. Last year, the Detroit Lions had the NFL's leading touchdown, run rushing touchdown getter scorer in Jamal Williams. 
DeAndre Swift, for all of his foibles, and I know a lot of it came in a couple of really big games, but on a fantasy points per game perspective, PPR, which is what DraftKings best ball is, the Detroit Lions had two top 20 running backs from a fantasy points per game perspective. They replaced both of those guys with guys that they think are upgrades. Jamal Williams had his press conference in New Orleans, and he's saying, I felt insulted by the offer the Detroit Lions made me. They went out and made a much bigger one to David Montgomery. They hated DeAndre Swift. Hated him. They're working in Justin Jackson for a meaningful number of snaps each and every week, and still DeAndre Swift was the RB16 fantasy points per game last year. Again, I understand a few of those were really big games, and he had some injury issues, but if Jameer Gibbs simply replicates what DeAndre Swift did from a statistical perspective last year, Jameer Gibbs is a strong RB2 for fantasy, which is kind of where he's being drafted, fourth round. And the judging by the reaction of the Detroit Lions when they drafted this guy, they're doing backflips in their in their in their um draft room. I think they're gonna use him a lot. Moreover. Ross, who's catching passes on this football team? Jamison um, Williams is suspended for six games. Yeah, I was going to say, not Jamison Williams for the first six games. Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, we know that. Amon Ross St. Brown's a borderline first-round pick in fantasy. Josh Reynolds? Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones. Anybody tickling your loins there? Sam Laporta, a fellow rookie. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a lot of opportunity to catch passes as well. We love that for PPR. In PPR fantasy football, as Scott Barrett at Fantasy Points has proven, a target is worth 2.5 times as much as a carry for a running back. Not a reception, a target. So I think Jameer Gibbs is going to come out and is going to be used early and often in the passing game. We know they're going to run the ball. That's self-evident. But I think Jameer Gibbs has significant potential in the passing game, and that's what we like for fantasy football. I love Jameer Gibbs at his fourth-round ADP. So, first of all, Joe, please do not uh, reference tickling my loins ever again um, on the show. And secondly... We'll do. (laughs) Secondly, what about Gibbs for best ball? Because I feel like... Especially with the receipt, I feel like he has the potential for some like real big games. Right, and if the, your argument was, well, DeAndre Swift Dolan had two, had like three big games, and you're using fantasy points per game. Well, okay, they think Jameer Gibbs is a much better version, and this is a guy who has weak winning potential. So if you're looking at a big best ball tournament like they have on DraftKings, uh, uh, where where guys get eliminated um, towards the playoffs, and you need those big spike weeks to advance, I think Jameer Gibbs has that in spades. Uh, totally agree. I'll be, I mean, I was stunned that that's who they took was not expecting that, No, but neither. I mean, if you watch him, man, that guy is absolute lightning. You know, um, just but, really quick, Ross, just to put a bow on it. Everybody hates when a running back gets drafted where there's perceived competition and there is with David Montgomery, but every team, there are so few landing spots in this day and age where a guy's going to go in and be completely uh, unobtrue, um, uh, uh, no obstacles towards fantasy relevance. Jameer Gibbs does have an obstacle, but I don't think any of us came into the NFL draft thinking this guy's going to get 275 touches as a rookie. It was, 
how what kind of touches is he going to get? And I think he's going to look like early career Austin Eckler when Austin Eckler was splitting work with Melvin Gordon at the Chargers. Love that breakdown almost as much as I love Labatt Blue Lights. Take things to the next level. We got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. I'll be having some Labatt Blue Lights tomorrow night while I watch the Celtics and my Sixers. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo. New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So let's get to the third running back that was drafted, Joe, because this is fascinating oh. to me from a fantasy perspective. Oh. He went in the second round to the Seahawks, where your boy Kenneth Walker is. It's Zach Charbonnet. What are the Seahawks doing to Kenneth Walker's fantasy value? And what do you think of Charbonnet? I. Charbonnet was one of those guys who, if he landed in the right spot, was going to be just a slam dunk first round pick for for dynasty drafts, and he did not land in that spot. Um, here is what I think the Seattle Seahawks are thinking, and I really don't. I think it's proven beyond a doubt that Pete Carroll has a pretty good idea of what he's doing. He seems like he was really right about Russell Wilson. But do you remember the game? It was last December between the Rams and the Seahawks. It was in L.A. Kenneth Walker gets hurt. DJ Dallas comes in and gets hurt. Tony Jones comes in, gets hurt. And then DJ Dallas had to play literally the rest of the game as like a dummy running back on a severely sprained ankle because they did not have personnel. And knowing how Pete Carroll wants to play, he's always going to want to run, run the football. I literally just think he sat there that very day and said, that's never happening to me again. I am never going to have a game where I am not going to be able to run the football. And that's why I think they took Zach Charbonnet in the second round. And I think they view their offense as having plenty of snaps to go around for two running backs. I still think Kenneth Walker is going to be more of the lead guy. I think he's the more talented runner than Zach Charbonnet, but it is very possible they view Zach Charbonnet as kind of like a smaller version of A.J. Dillon vis-a-vis Aaron Jones, and that might be how they look at this backfield breaking down. Unfortunately, it's confusing as all hell for fantasy because we also know that the Seahawks took a wide receiver in the first round in Jackson Smith and Jigba. They took the first wide receiver off the board. So they took the first wide receiver and the third running back off the board, and you can make an argument they didn't need either position. 
So it, it becomes a really difficult fantasy breakdown. Charbonnet is going off the board as like a mid RB3, early RB4. If you believe Kenneth Walker's lack of efficiency on a per carry basis last year, really he had a lot of big runs, but also a lot of negative runs. Maybe they view Zach Charbonnet as more of the more reliable grinder. Um, this was a really tough landing spot, though, for fantasy, I, and I think that goes without saying. Let's talk about some of these third-rounders, Joe. You got Ty J. Spears going to the Titans. You've got Devin A. Kane going to the Dolphins. Tank Bigsby is a Jaguar. Kendra Miller is a Saint. Any of those guys immediately jump out to you as best fantasy value based on where they landed out of those four third-round picks? Yeah, one guy who's getting a lot of hype, um, and there's two I really like, um, but the one guy who's getting the most hype is A-Chain, um, who be just simply because he landed with the Miami Dolphins, where they have uh, Raheem Mostert, who's old and has had frequently uh, frequent injury issues. You have Jeff Wilson, who's a guy, and you have Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed, who have kind of been third running backs in their in their NFL career. And A-Chain is explosive. And I think Mike McDaniel views his offense as one that can support a small running back as long as he's got speed. Um, if they can block for Devin A-Chain, I think he can make big plays. And I think there is a significant groundswell of folks in the fantasy community who think not only is A-Chain a fantastic fit in Miami long-term, but he's got an opportunity to lead this team in rushing this year. Is that going to be 270 carries? Absolutely not. They just view him as somebody who might be able to carry the ball 150 times, average five yards a pop, run for 750 yards and five or six touchdowns, catch a few passes, and then that guy's going to pay off a mid-round ADP. So Devin A-Chain is certainly getting a lot of of pop, and, and simply because of landing spot. There are other bodies there. Miami, I guess, could, in theory, go sign a veteran, but the depth in front of A-Chain is kind of fragile. It's it, it, it almost is like illusory depth. All right, Jeff Wilson's had injury problems. You know, Raheem Mostert's had a ton of injury problems, and he's older. And then they've got two just the guys on that team. So I think that's a spot. Kendra Miller is the other one. He was the 71st overall pick. So he was the third uh, – he was, excuse me, the fourth running back drafted after the two first-rounders and after Zach Charbonnet. And – they did sign Jamal Williams to a multi-year contract, and I think Jamal Williams is going to get the first crack at this. But Alvin Kamara is still staring staring down a suspension from his involvement in the incident in Las Vegas at the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. So he's projected to miss some time. Jamal Williams, look, say what you want. He had a great year. He's a great clubhouse guy. But the Lions, who just saw him lead the NFL in rushing – chose to go out and sign somebody else to replace him. Third round capital in Kendra Miller. It's pretty big capital in a running back at this point. I think he's probably going to be the Mark Ingram guy in this offense. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kendra Miller ends up leading this team in rushing, depending on how long Alvin Kamara suspended. I don't think they want Kamara to handle the grinding carries. I think they've seen seen him at his worst when he does that. I think they view Kendra Miller as that guy who can really take those carries. 
Jamal Williams factor does throw a little bit of a wrench into that. I mentioned, Joe, about drinking some Labatt Blue Lights tomorrow night watching the Sixers game. I know several people going to the games. I've told everybody, you got to go to the Game Time app. And the tickets have gone up a decent amount after that win last night, by the way. But still, you can get in $224, $226. Highly encourage anyone to get the Game Time app on your phone because they have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So whether it's football, basketball, baseball, I look at concerts here in Central PA, but I love being able to put it in the location and see what they have and know that I'm getting the game time guarantee, which means if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code FEAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create an account and redeem code FEAST for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. Um, So you talked about a couple of the third-round guys, Miller and A-Chain. Anything on Bigsby or Spears? Do you like either one of those guys more than the other? Um, I think Bigsby has the better chance to contribute this year, even though I thought Spears was the better prospect. The interesting thing about Spears is there are some reports. Bob McGinn, who obviously does the pre-draft series, and, and he does it for Go Long TV now, um, essentially had some people say, yeah, he's off our board because of medicals because he doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees. Um, the Titans were not dismayed by that. They took him in the third round, which is a significant investment in a running back. Of course, they took a running back in the third round a couple of years ago, uh, and that didn't exactly work out for them um, because as Derrick Henry continues to soldier on. But Ty J. Spears does have an opportunity. He is the straight-up handcuff to Derrick Henry at this point. Tank Bigsby, I think, is going to have a role this year as kind of the new James Robinson uh, in the Jacksonville offense. I would love for Jacksonville, you know, Travis Etienne was one of the best receiving backs coming out in a long time. He didn't catch more than three passes in the game last year, which floored me. He was awesome last year, but I would like to see him used more in a receiving role. And I think Tank Bigsby might allow him to do that. There is one guy who was taken on day three, Ross who stands out to me as a guy who could potentially carve his way into leading this team in rushing. And by the way, that happens every year. We saw Damian Pierce do it last year. We saw Tyler Algier do it last year. We saw Michael Carter do it the year before as day three draft picks who end up leading their team in rushing. He didn't even lead his college team in rushing. (laughs) The reason is, because he played behind B. John Robinson, and his name is Rashawn Johnson. He was drafted by the Chicago Bears in the fourth round. Our guy, Brett Whitefield, who, Ross, you enjoyed having, I hope you enjoyed having on the Fantasy Feast podcast, before the draft, compared Rashawn Johnson to David Montgomery. He now lands in a spot where he could be that kind of bowling ball type of guy with Khalil Herbert in Chicago. Now, there is some competition. Khalil Herbert, they also signed Deontay Foreman, who did a great job with the Panthers last year. So I fully anticipate 
that Rashawn Johnson is going to open the year as the Chicago Bears' third running back. But there's also an opportunity, just like we heard with Damian Pierce in training camp last year, the general John McClain down in Houston. I'm telling you guys, that, that, that guy's seen a lot of Houston football. He was down there saying, I'm telling you, this Damian Pierce is the real deal. I wouldn't be stunned if there's Bears beat writers who know. And, and look, here's the thing. I know they traded for DJ Moore. They drafted Tyler Scott, which I thought was a fantastic draft pick. But if Justin Fields is your quarterback, he does need to improve as a passer. But if he is your quarterback, you're going to run the ball. It's self-evident. It's going to be part of your game plan. So I wouldn't be stunned if there are Bears beat writers in August saying, hey, guys, look out for this Rashawn Johnson. He's really showing up in training camp. That was the name that was taken on day three of the NFL draft that really stood out to me as somebody who can make an impact day one. He's going in some early best balls as like a 10th, 11th, 12th round pick. I think that's a perfectly fair spot to take him. Zach Evans, Izzy Yabanaconda, Eric Gray, Dwayne McBride. Chase Brown, Kenny McIntosh, Deuce Vaughn, Chris Rodriguez, um, even how about Lou Nichols, Evan Hall. There, real quickly, 10 seconds, Joe. Which of those guys would you take a flyer on in the best ball, potentially? I could potentially say a lot about those guys, but Chase Brown is the one. Um, speak, there is not a whole lot of depth behind Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Um, we've heard mixed reports on Joe Mixon's status. Chase Brown out of Illinois is the one I would take a flyer on. I'm not taking a flyer on Joe Dolan. I got him locked up to a long-term contract every week here on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure you're spreading the word and telling people about it. Love it. Being able to get all that info from you, Joe. Check him out at FG underscore Dolan. And again, use that code 23FEAST over at FantasyPoints.com. Other than that, I am stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.